People here to remind you that the views expressed by hosts and guests of Radio Free Brooklyn do not represent the views of Radio Free Brooklyn, its staff, or management. Thank you for listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Well, happy Labor Day, the unofficial end of summer. I just want to say, how are all my blessed and highly favored people doing today? Hope that you have, that you are having a wonderful weekend and that you enjoyed your summer tremendously. Today, we do have some housekeeping and announcements. I see that we have a new sponsor. They are the Peters Valley School of Craft. Then they're having a fair 
on September 24th and the 25th at the Sussex County, New Jersey Fairgrounds. If you want more information, go to petersvalley.org. Thank you, Peters Valley, for sponsoring Radio Free Brooklyn. So now, grace and peace unto all of you. And we're going to continue our discussion of grace and mercy. Last week, we started off with grace, which meant the unmerited favor of God. And now, why did God grant us grace? Because we needed a connection back to him due to the obedience of Adam and Eve. How did we receive this grace? We received the connection by the grace by the grace given to us through the shedding of the blood of Jesus on the cross. So now today, as I stated last week, we were going to continue and look at how are we supposed to behave or how are we supposed to carry ourselves during this period of grace, right? How are we supposed to act during this grace period and what is mercy? So we're going to look at mercy. And I want to say to anyone who's missed any of my previous shows, you can go to my radio page on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. What would Kay say? I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple. And I'm all on all other podcast platforms. So now, when I said we're going to look at mercy after we finish with grace, we're going to look at what is mercy and why did we need it so badly. So now, if grace is the unmerited favor of God and we receive this from the blood of Jesus, what should we be doing with this new release or should I say this new arrangement that God has created for us? So, Last week, I also talked about how the adulterous woman was brought to Jesus because of the sin that she had committed. And Jesus bent down and began to write something in the dirt. Now, we don't know what he wrote. Perhaps it was the names of her accusers. Perhaps it was the things that they had done. We don't know. But what we do know is that because he is he was God and he knew everything, we know that he granted her grace when they all started to walk away when he told them that he who was out who was without sin cast the first stone. And since none of them could pick up a stone to throw at the woman, they all walked away slowly and they mingled back among the people in the crowd that were going into the synagogue. So when Jesus stood up and saw that everyone was gone that was accusing her, he told her to go and sin no more. Now that was grace. That was grace because he showed her favor. He showed her goodness. And it allowed her to go and be on her way without getting killed. So with this, many believe that 
that we're able to do whatever we please. When people, you know, when they think of grace, a lot of people think, oh, well, I could do it, you know, because God's just going to forgive me. And, you know, we're just going to continue to live, you know, live our lives without, you know, any consequence. You know, God's going to forgive me. That's why he has grace. That's why he has mercy. And I say to that, that's not true. And as Paul stated, God forbid. In Romans 6, 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through the baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. So now he also continues and says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also should be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And blessed is the reading of the word. Now that was reading from Romans 6, 1 to 11. So now if you take in everything that Paul was saying there, he's saying, no, no, not just because we have grace should we just continue to do whatever we want to do, continue to sin, continue to lie, to t- continue to steal, continue to hurt one another's feelings. No, we shouldn't continue in that manner because when Christ died, so did the old man that was within us died. That sinful nature died with him as well. So Paul was saying because of grace and the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection, not only do we bury our sinful man with him, but when he rose in his resurrection, we rose new too. We're new creatures. This is the meaning of being born again. So you let the old man die and your new man comes alive. So we strive today to follow as the commandments tell us. Because if you remember, Jesus told us that he did not come to change the law, but to fulfill it. So now I want to get back to the part of because in the Old Testament, the grace was looked at as favor, goodness, God 
placing blessings on those who he found were trying to live according to the way he had patterned for man to live. And in the New Testament, I said that because in the Old Testament, they could never follow that. That's why they had to keep offering up sacrifices for their sins. Christ was our last sacrifice that needed to be made for the sins of the world. So now, since we know that he's done that and everybody was cut, everybody, not just for the Jews, because those laws were for the Jewish people, but when Christ died, he died for everyone. So now everybody's blanket, blanket grace, just blanket grace to all. Whether you know him or not, blanket grace to you. But that does not mean that because you have blanket grace that you can just continue to do whatever you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want to do it, and why you want to do it. No, that's not what he died for. So that's what we were talking about with the grace that we have. But also, grace doesn't come by itself. Grace also comes with the partner. So when you let your old man die and a new man comes alive, and as I said, Christ stated that he did not come to change the law but to fulfill it, because he knows that we could never, ever, 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 ever offer up enough sacrifices to bring us back to the living God. Grace was that connection, I told you, that connection that brought us back to God. So, by the power of mercy, we look to God for our direction. How should we go, Lord? What would you have us to do? Then and only then will we receive all that he has for us. Blessings overflowing, favor overflowing, healing overflowing, peace overflowing, the abundant life that Christ said he came to give us. Now, David said, David said in the Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if David said that back in Psalm 23, before Jesus came, what is mercy? Because David was talking about mercy way back then. Mercy is forgiveness. Forgiveness without a penalty. Plain and simple. So God granted us mercy and grace through the blood of Jesus. And that's why they're always together. Because you see where David said goodness and mercy. When he said goodness, goodness was another form of grace. But remember when I told you in the Old Testament, when God granted grace upon his people, it was in the form of goodness. It was in the form of favor. So they looked at it as goodness and mercy. Okay, God is blessing me. We today know that grace comes through the blood of Jesus Christ because it's not God looking at 
individuals individually. He's not, oh, okay, you're you're good, so I'm going to give you grace, and you're good, so I'm going to give you favor, and okay, you're doing fine, so you and your, no, he's not doing that anymore. He's not picking out individuals. When Christ died, like I said, it was a blanket, a blanket of, oh, debt paid, no more anything owed to God, no more sacrifices needed to be made, no more burning incense and lambs, blood on the altar. None of that needed to be done anymore because Christ had already did it. So here we have this mercy now, this mercy that has always been around because like I said, David was talking about it. He knew about the mercy and mercy is forgiveness. And Jesus stated in Matthew 5, 17 to 18, do not think that I came to destroy the law or, of, or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will, be, will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. So now I'm going to read it to you in the Living Bible because it really states out what he was saying. Don't misunderstand why I've come. It isn't to cancel the law of Moses and the warnings of the prophets. No, I came to fulfill them and make them all come true. With all the earnestness I have, I say, every law in the book will continue until its purpose is achieved. Okay? He said it plain. And the purposes of of the law was to show us that apart from God, we could do nothing and that we were nothing. That's what the law showed us. The law, he gave the law to show them that there is nothing that they could ever, ever, ever do to get back to connected to him because it wasn't by their works. They kept thinking that if they act good, if they did, but then they couldn't even act right. Even with trying to act right, they couldn't even do that right. They still would mess up with that. So now you can see why grace and mercy are so essential to our lives. Because when you think about it, without that, our fate would have been one of damnation forever. Because you see, when God was annoyed with the way man acted back in the Old Testament, in the beginning, he flooded the earth. He got rid of everything he created. And we talked about that. Because remember, he said our hearts are evil continually in every thought and deed. So think about it. Every thought and deed, your, your heart harbors things that you don't even realize that it's there. The only way that you realize that you have it is because something will trigger it. And that's how you can see a real person's what they really feel inside and what they're thinking. Let something trigger them. Let a stressful situation trigger them. Let um, an event or an incident trigger them. That the way they react, then you know what they've been holding in their heart. And sometimes some people don't even know that they're holding it in their heart. They don't even know. They're not even. They're not aware that that's how they really feel. So unless we let that old man, which is our old nature, die, 
and take on this new man created through the blood, we're not going to we're not going to be able to fully live in the grace and mercy that God has granted to us. Right? Because like I said, God wrote the laws for the Jewish people. But Christ in his dying speaks those laws through the church. Because we are the church now. We are the church when Jesus died. He died for all. When he did it for all, that grafted everyone into being the church. So as we live and breathe here on earth, we are to extend that grace and mercy to all to all who we encounter just as God has extended it to us. And like I said, there's parts of you that you don't even know exist. That's why even with the laws, when we look back at the Ten Commandments and we went over them and I was breaking them down to you, even with those, even today, even with grace, you see that even if you didn't know anything about the Bible or the Ten Commandments, you still see people breaking those same laws that God had put up there because he knows what you are capable of doing. He knows what you're capable of doing. So he was telling you, I know you're going to do this, but this is what I don't want you to do. It was that, it was that simple. He was saying, I know you're going to do this. I know you're going to do this, 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 and this, but I don't want you to do this, 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 and this. So having written out the laws, He was showing the people, you see, I knew you were going to do this, this, and this, but don't do that. And even though they saw it written, they still did it. Like today, we still do it. More so those of us who don't know the law, but those of us who know the law still do it. Some of us know the law, consciously think about it, and then still do it. That is that heart. And unless you change that heart, nothing's going to change. So I want to leave you with this. You have to learn that grace and mercy extends to all, not just to your church members, your, oh, and speaking of church members, it's even more so, it's even more so why Christ was talking to the church about grace and mercy, because we have little tolerance, the least amount of tolerance for people in the church that may stumble and make an error. And a lot of that comes from putting people on pedestals where they shouldn't be, looking at people in a certain light that they should not be looked at. Everyone that's going into the church, the only difference between them and the sinner sitting outside is the fact that the person going in the church allegedly, air quotes, knows who Christ is. That's the only difference. One knows who Christ is, the other one doesn't. But as far as the actions that can take place in either one of their lives, the same. The same. Because you can find a sinner who will be following more of the commandments without even knowing the commandments, like I said before. And you'll find a churchgoer who's well aware of the commandments, 
and will blatantly discard them. So that's the one thing I want everybody to, to remember. And I think that's what God is really breaking down to us today. Because before, people in the church used to look at themselves as being, oh, better, or well, at least I don't do this, or at least I'm not like that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All hearts are the same. Continually evil in thoughts and deed. All hearts. So until you start working on that heart, don't start looking at yourself as being better than anyone else. Because as soon as you get the thought in your mind that you're better than or at least once the words at least I don't come out of your mouth, you're already messed up. You're already messed up. Because there is no at least I. Because the only way you even get to think at least I is because of the blanket grace that's given to all. The blanket grace that was given to all. So, I want to leave you with this. When you start thinking about grace and mercy and you want to not extend it to someone, think about how it would be if it were not extended to you. And I'm not even talking about from another individual. I'm talking about just the fact that God extended the grace and blanketed everyone and covered everyone. So your little bit of grace that you might be thinking it's so much for you to extend to an individual, what do you think God was thinking when he had to extend it to all of us? All of us with the continually evil heart. And I keep saying that. And I know you probably say, why does she keep saying that? Why does she keep? Because I want you to really, I want you to really examine yourself. And the lessons that he's been giving me lately is really been lessons of self-examination. In the beginning, when I started out, he used to give me lessons of teaching you how to have a better character, teaching you how to have better habits. Showing you different things that, yes, if you work on this, you know, it'll improve and you can be whatever, you know, that I gave you from birth to be. But now he's showing us, no, I want you to really do an internal audit. I want you to do an internal audit of yourself. Don't keep looking on the outside. Trust me, there's plenty on the outside to look at. I, one, can Definitely say there's plenty going on on the outside to look at. But there comes time where you have to look inside. You have to look inward. And you have to know yourself. And sometimes a lot of us don't know ourselves. And sometimes a lot of us are afraid to get to know ourselves. Because we really don't want to admit what we might find out. Because then to admit what we might find out would mean that we were wrong. And a lot of us don't want to admit that we're wrong. But it's not even a thing of admitting that you're wrong because it's going to bring you shame or you're going to lose face with something. You're doing this for God. Forget people. You're doing this because you want to be in a better standing, a better connection. And when I say standing, not that, oh, it's going to give you brownie points, you move to the head of the line. No, when I say standing, meaning your own inner peace. Because God can't work with you if you're in turmoil. He can't work with you if you're double-minded. He can't work with you if you're going back and forth, back and forth, jumping across. He can't work with that. 
He's either this is what you are or not. Like Jesus said, you're hot or cold. Anything else, he's spewing you out of his mouth. So, remember the grace that was given to us. Remember the mercy. And when you remember it for yourself, remember it for everyone. And that he granted it to everyone. And lest you know his son, then and only then will he look past your fault. I think it's time for a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like. Like it's ripping at the seams And the lies keep growing louder With chaos threatening When the weight upon my shoulders Is too much for my soul Won't you help me to remember Those words from long ago Jesus loves me, this I know For the Bible tells me so Little ones to Him belong They are weak, but He is strong to 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. But in today's Op-Ed, I figured in light that it's the unofficial end of the summer And everybody's just having a good time trying to get all their stuff in order before their kids go back to school and everyone's shopping for pencils and, oh, and I must say, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Okay. Remember earlier in the, the beginning of the summer when school had ended and I made the comment about how because there was a news story that they found a school that had bags and bags of school supplies that was just tossed on the street for garbage. And, you know, some people were, they started complaining, like, why are these, you know, why are these school supplies being thrown out when the children can use them? And I even said, you know, that makes no sense because teachers are always talking about how they have to put money out of their own pocket to buy crayons and pencils and paper and all that kind of stuff for the kids. And... I guess, was it, I don't know, I can't remember which store it was. I don't know if it was Walmart. I don't know if it's, it might be Walmart. I'm not even sure because after I saw the commercial, I really wasn't even paying it. Or was it Target? I'm not sure. It was one of those stores for school supplies. And it was the woman, she's standing up there and she's talking about the various children that you're going to be buying supplies for. And when she went to the kindergarten class and she, she had the little boy who had the crayons up his nose. I said, oh my gosh, I stand corrected. Yeah, throw those crayons away because <laughs> you don't know what kid did what with it when he went to classroom. So I understand the mentality behind tossing those school supplies. Yes, some of them can be reused. I'm sure maybe the paper, if it wasn't dirty or whatever, I don't know. But when I saw that commercial and I saw those crayons sticking out of that little boy's nose, I just cracked up. I was like, ah, oh, now I understand why they throw this stuff away because you don't know what those kids are doing in the classroom with those crayons like why is he sticking crayons up his nose but hey he's a three-year-old what does he know so anyway getting back to what I was saying with the op-ed I'm going to keep it light I want to keep it light because because it's a nice weekend and I want everybody to continue to have a good time with their weekend so but there is one thing I do want to say Any of you who know people who drive Uber or if any of you are listening to me and you drive a Uber or Lyft or any one of those other dial-up, ready-to-serve limousine cars, please, 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 before you embark on that job, make sure your car is clean. Make sure your car is decent. You can't just have your jalopy that you've had for 20 years where the back of the covers are so stained up from your kids dropping stuff. Or it might not even be from your kids. It just might be from adults that you hang out with. But just years and years and years of use that the back of the car is just no, 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 no. I'm sorry to say this. I know everybody's trying to make a quick dollar, but you can't. If your car is not in good condition, you cannot pick people up that's paying to get into your car. And I'm saying this because I use Ubers and Lyfts all the time, all the time. 
whenever I can avoid the train, I can't even tell you the last time I've been on the train. That's another story for another show. But I take cars all the time. And the one thing that gets to me the most is a filthy car. I don't like getting in a family member's car that's filthy. And their cards, when I say filthy, is not even filthy. It just may have a lot of stuff in the back, like because they have kids, there might be their toys or paper to- a roll of paper towels or hand wipes. Or- that's not filthy. That's clutter, which if they got a bin, they could all put all that stuff in one thing and put it in their trunk. When I say filthy, I'm talking about when you open the door, it looks like the car, the inside of the car has never been cleaned. And when you clean your car, wash it. When you take care of your car and clean your car, it's not just washing the outside. It's vacuuming and cleaning up the inside as well. So just anyone who knows anyone who drives those cars, or if you are a driver yourself, make sure your car is clean because it is not cool picking up a fare and they're walking into like, what is this? I mean, besides the safety part, I could have just as easily have been on a train. The train might have been a little cleaner. You know, I'm just saying just something to keep in mind. When you pick up people, that's showing who you are. That's showing the type of person that you are. What you're presenting to the public, like, okay, I'm here to serve you, but what are you serving me? So on another note, a feel-good story. Today, like I said, this weekend is the unofficial end of summer. And tomorrow's Labor Day and da-da-da-da. Brooklyn is going to have the West Indian American Labor Day Parade. Once again, it is going to be on and popping on the Parkway. And now, I didn't know this. But before I get to that, this parade has grown over the years, and I can attest to it. I'll get to that part, too. But this parade is expected to draw 1.5 million spectators, 1.5 million spectators, and will have over 100,000 participants. And when they say that, that's the people playing masks, wearing the the colorful costumes with the feathers or wearing no costume with the feathers, (laughs) the trucks playing the music, the steel bands, all that stuff is going to be floating down Eastern Parkway. But now it is definitely going to be a day of fun in Bacchanal, right? But I was not aware that the parade, now some of you may know this, and if you do, oh, I'm so happy for you, but I was excited about finding out about it for myself. I wasn't aware that the parade actually began in Harlem. It began in Harlem back in the 1940s. And because of an incident of violence that happened, Back then in Harlem, they revoked the permits and they said they could never have the parade again. How dare they? But then back in the day, that was before segregate. That was during segregation and everything else. So at that time, they was probably looking for a reason to pull the permits anyway. But it then moved to Brooklyn. And when it came to Brooklyn, they only used to do it from a little stretch of streets from like Utica. I think it was from Utica. Uh, to Utica to one of those streets. I can't remember. I saw it, but I didn't write it down here. But it was only maybe like a five block because the 
the people that wanted to keep it going, they used to do it in their area. So it was a like almost like a block part. This is what it is. My knowledge of when I read the story, it started out like an extended block party because all the people on the block was like, yeah, we want to celebrate. We want to celebrate our culture. So we're going to have a block party. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to have the steel pan. We're going to have people walking around in their costumes. And then it extended because it was like the next block was like, oh, all right. So if you guys are having a block party, then we'll extend our block party with your block party and we'll make it longer. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then in 1971, an organization was was formed and they were called the West Indian American Day Association. And they are the ones that put together the parade every year. So now you see it was formed 1971. So that would have meant that last year would have been its 50th birthday. But because we had the pandemic and they didn't have any parade, you know, this year is really going to be on and popping. Because this re- this year is really going to be special because they weren't able to really do up their birthday celebration because of the pandemic. So Brooklyn in Brooklyn style is going to be spectacular come tomorrow on the parkway. And for those of you who don't know, it runs along Eastern Parkway down to the Brooklyn Mew, down to the library and the Pastor Museum. Yeah, it runs down to the library. I think that's where the cutoff is, Grand Army Plaza. So from Grand Army Plaza all the way back up Eastern Parkway, I believe, even past Buffalo, Rochester. I can't even remember where it even first starts. It's extended so far now. But all down Eastern Parkway. Trust and believe. You go along Eastern Parkway, you're going to see the festivities. There's going to be food, dancing, music, people selling different things. It's going to be fun. And let's keep it safe, people. Let's keep it safe. All you young heads that want to go out there and act up, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Stay home. Keep that in your own neighborhood. Do not bring it out there. Nobody wants all that. Everybody wants to have a good time. We've been under so much pressure so far with everything. Can you just let people have a good time? And I remember it as a little girl growing up when it was on the small blocks. I remember it because me being of Caribbean descent, we would be out there on, I remember it was on, Eastern Parkway in Kingston, because we didn't live, we lived down Kingston, but further down. And we would be there, like the family would set up and we'd have food and everybody would come by, you know, your friends that your parents knew and stuff would come by and everybody would be hanging out. And my brother and I, I remember we used to sit on the curb. That's when you used to be able to sit on the curb and actually watch the parade because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that big. It was only like, a, you know, couple of blocks but it still was a lot of fun with the steel pans and seeing people dressed up in costumes and stuff and now oh my gosh it has grown to something so wow it really has grown but I say all that to say if you're planning to go visit the parkway go have fun enjoy yourself enjoy the festivities the food the culture that is such a large part of Brooklyn go wind your waist and walk behind the truck. Just have a ball, right? If you're participating, it's a lot of fun. And that ends op-ed. So now our new word of the month, since we have a new month, a new word is study. 
And study means sustained, purposeful concentration and attention to details. Okay? God is calling us to know what is going on. Discern the time and the seasons so we will know what is really going on, what is happening, not just living for living's sake. And our promise is from Isaiah 48 to 17. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. And with that, I say have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. Protect one another. COVID is still out there. So if you're wearing your mask, wear it. Wash your hands. Definitely don't stop washing your hands. The CDC says you don't have to social distance, but hey, in today's parade, I don't know if there's going to be much social distancing, especially with the whining going on. And in end, in true fashion, you know, I always play music according to what I was talking about. So we're going to take this show out with some wine and music to get you ready for tomorrow's festivities. So I hope everyone enjoys. So stay safe, be happy, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And until God brings us together again next week, peace.
Just 